Hey all, today I'm going to be giving you guys seven key kind of steps, things that you can focus on that will help you to re-establish or establish a strong sense of motivation and forward momentum. Uh, so if you're struggling with that, I've talked a little about in the last one, so I'm going to do another little revisit and go into a little bit more depth about you know some of the other aspects that are really quite essential if you want to build your motivation up. So enjoy. So motivation is quite a puzzling thing sometimes, and I know a lot of people are struggling. Uh, so I'm revisiting this one again, just in the hope that anyone that stumbles on these podcasts can get a little burst of sunshine and help in this situation, because I know it can be quite confusing, and it's been a long journey for me to figure out how my motivation levels are affected, uh, what are the causes and, and conditions that affect them. And there are certain things I've picked up from personal experience as well as from working through various courses and studying loads of books on the subject it's a really important thing to master because if we can't master our motivation if we can't master our consistency in taking action then we're obviously never going to get consistent results and so we kind of go in this kind of what Tony Robbins refers to as the pressure cooker where when things get really bad finally you take action but until you get to that point you go back like you take action, take action. As soon as things get better, you start to change back because you don't have the leverage anymore and then you take the pressure off the gas and then the next thing you know, you're like relax back and you lose all your good habits and then it gets bad again and then when it gets bad enough, you go back into pushing forward and so on. So we don't want that cycle to be like our lifestyle. And there are obviously multiple possible deeper emotional reasons why people struggle with motivation which i can't go into this isn't like it's gonna be a 20 minute podcast max so you know i can't go into every detail about that but you know i did want to talk about seven steps that really will help you to if you apply them and, if, and i'll be going a little bit into detail with those individual steps so the first step which i did mention in the previous podcast is accountability and setting up your environment this is so crucial with step one, as far as I see it. If you can set yourself up, set up your environment, set up the people around you uh, to make sure everybody's on the same page, set up expectations um, and get you know partners around you, people who are in the same headspace that will encourage you, people that will hold you to what you say and having your environment set up so that you can get straight into what you want to do and have an environment that's distraction free and so you can really focus things like that right so these are pretty crucial and they really help if you can get that stuff happening for you all the better that also for me accounts to for routine too you know having a routine in place environment is really like setting up a you know an organized practice planner for the week and having set times when you're going to practice and having a clear structure and concept of what it is you're actually going to achieve and you know, at least roughly by when, which takes us into the next stage, which is our goal. So that's part two. Step two is set yourself a, a goal that inspires you. You know, set yourself a goal that doesn't seem like crazy beyond reach, but it feels exciting. It feels like by the time you get it as a drummer, you're going to feel like you've turned a corner and you're playing and it will open up doorways and you're playing that you previously seemed un impossible for you. Anything that inspires you at that level, by the time you finish it, you're going to put throw your arms up at like you're at the top of the mountain, um, like Rocky Balboa, Bob, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Rocky Balboa in, uh, in Rocky Four when he gets to the top of the mountain and he's like Drago, right? Something that makes you feel like that kind of thing, right? <laughs> to draw an analogy. Anyway, so once you know that the goal is something that really means something to you and it's going to inspire you, your 
going to obviously break down that goal into smaller pieces until you can break it down to single steps that you're going to do on a daily basis. And you kind of want to work towards weekly milestones. That's kind of the real teaching method. And it works, you know, you have seven days to produce something, you know, and if you can work week by week with a very clear set of objectives, like a, a page a day of a book that covers certain material and, you know, really being effective in your practice method by internalizing all of that stuff by just a few months, you're going to see massive changes and just by being consistent, right? So in order to maintain this, we need a why. So the goal needs to be exciting, but we need to know why we're doing it. And I've used to find this really challenging, you know, find your why and it's like, how? It's a lot more challenging than it seems on at face value to find your supposed why, you know, the thing that gets you in your gut. So there's a couple of techniques I learned that have been really powerful for me and I, I find really effective. One is a little more copious and thorough and one is a little simpler. So, you know, do as you wish. If you want to go a bit deeper, go deeper. If you want to keep it simple, just stick with uh, the short one. So we've got the seven wise method. So seven deep. I learned this from Dean Graciosi. Basically, you ask yourself uh, i've talked about this in another podcast but you ask yourself why it's so important to you that you achieve said goal right once you know your goal why is it important for you to achieve that and then your answer might be oh, i don't know because I, I just want to be better at drums so you go well why is it important that you become better at drums so first our first knee-jerk reaction is something usually quite superficial it's almost logical and our goal is we go why is it important why is it important we're trying to get down into your heart so we can start feeling your answers right so you might go why is it important that i get better at drums uh because i've because I love music and I want to be able to play my favorite songs. Why is it important that you um, play your favorite songs? Uh, because I want to feel freedom, maybe, right, when I play. Why is it important that you feel free when you play? Uh, because drums is the one place where I get to escape everything in my life and, and I want to be able to express myself fully. Why is it important that you express yourself fully and that you use drums as an escape for your life or something or other, right? And as you go deeper and deeper, you find, notice how every time I go down a layer, I'm starting to get more emotional. I'm starting to get answers that actually can get me at my heart. And, and seven seems to be like a magic number. If you go seven deep, you're going to find the answers start to get really get deep, deep into your psychology, like into your deeper psychology, like what really motivates you and affects you. So practice that a few times and, and you can practice it with other people too if you don't mind being vulnerable with them. You'd be amazed the answers and how that can really help motivate people. I use it with my students too and it really helps them to be able to get motivated to get things done. The next one is the Fortune 500. Now the Fortune 500 is finding 500 small reasons that attach to five key areas of your life. So the five key areas as far as I see it are like family and relationships and uh, you know that includes friendships too, career, finances, spirituality and health right for me those are the five those are the key five and if i attach negative consequences to not you know reaching this goal to all five of those areas i'm now going to feel pain associated to every area of my life that matters to me and if i associate positive reasons why i must do it why it's going to what, what i'm going to get out of it of this goal in all five key areas then I'm going to be incredibly motivated. And what you can do is 50 of each, 50 positive, 50 negative in each category if you're hardcore. If you don't want to go that far, of course, you know, you can just do like 10 of each in each area, right? Giving you 20, which is going to give you a nice 100 reasons. Now, what that does, I found, is instead of with this one, you're not trying to find one big why, you're trying to stack up 
multiple connections in your brain, pleasure connections and pain connections, pain to not doing it and pleasure to doing it, so that you've got a massive like collection in your brain of all these different ways that it's going to benefit your life or, or affect your life in a negative way if you don't do it. And this will really step up your nervous system to start firing off to, to make you want to do it. It's quite powerful. So that's a couple of techniques I use for my why. The next step, which is the fourth for me, is to set things up in baby steps. So in other words, you start thinking, instead of thinking about big picture stuff, you start thinking about small picture um, goals, like tiny little incremental goals that you're going to celebrate. Instead of thinking, oh, once I finish this whole section or once I finish this book, I want you to start thinking once I finish the first three pages, once I, you know what I mean? Once I've done a couple of weeks in a row and I've achieved this basic landmark, I'm going to give myself this reward. I'm going to celebrate it. So celebrating baby steps is really important because we're trying to build momentum. We don't want to make the goals too big in the beginning. You want to feel like it's a smooth transition into this habit and it feels like that you're gaining momentum every single week. If you don't feel like, if you feel like you're getting knocked back, then you're, you're not doing the baby steps principle. You're making, you're doing giant steps, which are a big struggle, and then they can be knocking your motivation and your momentum. And momentum is a huge part of the game. You can't really move forward if you get, if you destroy the momentum that you have. It's very hard. It's like, uh, you know, trying to push a, a bike wheel that's going in the wrong direction when it's, you know, when anyone got their wheel spinning and you want to stop the wheel so that you can spin it the other way, you burn your hand, right? So it takes a bit of time to slow momentum down and then rejig it the other way. So, you know, momentum is important. It's almost self-propelling. So it's important that in the initial stages, we don't try and suddenly spin the wheel at stupid speed. We want to just slow yourself down from the opposite direction that you were going in. Let the wheel, don't burn your hand. Just slow it down, let it slow down, then redirect it the other way. So make it a positive, beautiful, enjoyable experience. Next thing, uh, step five, you want to commit to the process. So committing to the process for me is like, basically, once you've got your plan organized, you want to organize your ritual. So you want to have like a set kind of process that you're going to go through, that you're going to commit to, that's consistent. And that would involve being strategic with your practice, which I'm not going to go into today's session, but I've got frameworks for being more strategic with your practice, which are in other episodes. So go and hunt around and you'll see it. And yeah, committing to the process is, is huge because basically I like the way I like to see it is I got it. I got this from a guy called Sadhguru who's like a Indian mystic. And he talks about how, you know, people sometimes feel it's almost like people want to have the garden without doing the watering right we want we want the beautiful garden to just manifest itself without like the instantly the moment we start doing something right we're, in other words we're results orientated and results orientation doesn't get you there like if i was results orientated i wouldn't be, still be podcasting now in this instance you have to be able to enjoy the process you have to be able to commit to the process itself and make that your goal right because you know if you keep showing up things are going to happen um, like Woody Allen said, 80% of success is showing up, right? So if you commit to the process, what you're really doing is you're saying, I'm going to water the garden every day, rain, you know, and I'm just going to be out there and I'm going to learn to enjoy just walking around my garden and just having maybe put some music in my ears and just make it enjoyable and do 10 minutes of that every day as a ritual. That's like it always happens and it becomes almost like a morning meditation for you. If you were to do that and you attach massive pleasure just to the process of watering your garden, you know, you are now 10 times more likely to have a beautiful garden. You know, just by having that one ritual in place, you've now solved the problem. 
So many times what we're really needing to do is to stop thinking about how we can get an, to an end point in our drumming and start thinking more about how we can get into the process and enjoy that and make that like a lifestyle so that we aren't committed to getting, we're not always searching to get to the end and then huff and puff and you're like, oh, it's over. Oh, thank God. Look how I'm a better drummer now. But the thing is, then there's another goal coming, right? There's another new thing to do. So if we make it every step of the way, like this, almost like this race to the end, and we don't enjoy the actual process that we're in, if we don't commit to the process itself, then we're kind of missing out on the real point of it, which is that it's a practice, it's a lifestyle. This is supposed to be that outlet for us as part of our lives. It's supposed to be almost sacred, like somewhere we always go that gives back and allows us to be a, a more kind, loving person in our lives because we, we've got this place that we can express ourselves and develop our art form and, you know, train our minds and hearts and character. Step six, set yourself up to win. So this is kind of baby steps related, but it's very specific. And what I'm talking about here is that you set yourself up to reward yourself for it being approximately correct with keeping to your, your, you know, to your outlines and your schedule and your ritual. So you say you're going to turn up to drum practice at nine and you turn up at 10 past, you're going to want to still reward yourself, but make note and start recognizing what stopped you from getting to the practice room on time. You know, what held you up just so that you're, you know, careful not to let life kind of throw a spanner in the works and stop you from completely inter you know, basically interrupt your flow and your momentum again. And this can take a lot of work, especially for someone like me who isn't that orientated towards organization. I've had to learn this and I still every day is like a, a challenge for me. And I don't mind, you know, everyone's got their strengths and weaknesses, but one thing I do have to work on is being routinary. I'm very like, I'm not anymore, but I, I used to be, and my, my habit for the biggest part of my life was to just fly by the seat of my pants and float on the wind. And I didn't get me very far. I learned the hard way that that isn't going to help someone achieve greatness because you're, because you're getting blown about by circumstance. There's no chance of you actually achieving anything great because you can't be consistent enough to see it through to that point. So, you know, um, setting myself up to win really has been about giving myself a positive relationship with the act of attempting to be, to have a schedule and to, and to achieve something instead of just feeling like I'm, I'm failing all the time. I try to make sure I feel like I'm winning all the time just by moving towards my goal. Like if I'm moving away from it and I start to, I'm, I'm getting worse, then I try to give myself a little bit of a nudge of pain. But I'm not trying to be perfect out of the box. I'm trying to give myself goalposts that are a little wider at first. And then gradually you can pull the goalposts goal, goal in. That's twice today. <laughs> the goalposts, bring them, tighten them up a little bit, you know, and, and then make the goal a little harder. So this is fun, right? As long as something's within reach. If you're playing, you know, if you're playing like a little bit of football with your, your kid out in the garden, when the goalposts are wide, they, they love it because they can go and they kick the goal and they get it in and they feel like successful. And then you start pulling the ghost, the goalposts in. They're like, yeah, they're up for it because they're on a winning streak. But if I put the goalposts right next to me, the side and, and the kid comes in, they try and kick the ball in, and every time they lose because there's too little gap. What's going to happen? The kid loses motivation. The game's not fun anymore. So we've got to think of ourselves like that. You know, deep down, we're just like kids, really. We still have that that need for uh, to meet our, our needs you know to go towards pleasure and away from pain it's like built into our nervous system it's just a natural thing so um unless we become buddhas in this lifetime and somehow overcome the need for you know for um the achievement of pleasure and the avoidance of pain uh we're still gonna have to deal with that pesky part of being human and make sure that we are being effective with this setup that we've been given this nervous system response which is designed to keep us alive i mean at the end of the day it's just it is functioning perfectly. I try to remind 
myself and others are that often if, if we feel down or upset it's quite often the, the pain that we're experiencing of our emotion is that the relate the relationship we have to the emotion is the emotion is actually there to serve us because it's trying to help us get into uh, away from pain all right normally or towards some form of pleasure so you know it's quite interesting anyway I'll, that's for another time but yeah so and finally number seven and this is pretty interesting we go full circle refine your environment to support lasting change. So we're basically coming back to accountability in environment. So once you've gone through this process, you've got into a, a routine, things are working, you'll start to notice things you hadn't anticipated in the beginning in your environment are causing problems or you know need to be slightly adjusted or whatever. So I think it's good at the end to come back to looking at your environment, come back to looking to support systems, come back to looking at who, you, who you're accountable to or expand that, refine it, develop it, so that you can then support a long-term change in your habits and choices. So there you go. That's my motivation framework. Um, you know, if you'd like to learn more about that, just get in touch. You know, you've got mattinfinitydrumming.com is one way that you can get in touch with me. You can come over to the website, um, infinitydrumming.com, or come over to my Facebook at infinitydrumming.com forward slash infinitydrumming.com, C-O-M on the end. And just come and say hi and hit me up you know at some point i'm sure i would end up i will end up doing a course on this that all will be put out there but at the moment it's kind of like something that i've been i've developed for myself largely and i've applied with students but i haven't categorically laid out into a syllabus or a curriculum but yeah i mean um if you found that valuable and you'd like to know more about this kind of stuff let me know because i'm sure i could do another podcast on any given subject here and any any one of the steps i could go a little more in depth and break them down a little bit more um, but I've tried to point out and focus on and, and sort of break down any of the key steps where I personally have struggled in the past and some of the key things that have helped me, like the why, for example, finding your why. I hope you found that beneficial. Those two techniques have been really, really effective and beneficial for me. So anyway, so I hope you enjoyed that. It's really like that's a body of knowledge that's come from like years and years and years of wrestling with my own <laughs> tendency to get sidetracked and... Um, yeah, it's a, it's a battle learning this stuff because, I mean, wouldn't it be wonderful if we were taught this in school so that we were armed and dangerous to get out there and, and just kick some butt? But, you know, we've got, to, we've got to look after each other and try and share the knowledge where we can. So I hope you get benefit from this. Make sure you use it because, obviously, um, power is uh, knowledge is not power. It's only potential power. It's only power when you put it into action, right? So, therefore, action really is power. And when you take action and you learn from it, you can find out whether something's working or not and you can, you know, reevaluate what's going on and find your own way. I mean, you know, obviously these techniques and, and steps have got need time to be played with. And, um, you know, I think uh, one thing I hadn't mentioned in here that is pretty crucial is state management. Mastering the art of state management is crucial. It's absolutely crazy crucial. So, um, you know, I might talk about that in another episode because for me, state management has been huge in keeping me on the drum set. Like, I can't even explain to you, like some days it's literally saved saved me from, from uh, giving up on projects because of just hitting my limit. Using the state management, knowing how to shift your state on a, on a dime, just whenever you need to, on a 5p coin, I should say, right? Being able to shift your state like that and then just, just you know, within three, five minutes, be ready to get back in action. Like that's crucial. That's professional skills. Like you can't be in a, a, a studio situation where everything's going, you know, upside down, back to front and people are losing their minds 
and just give in to that. You need to be able to reset the vibe. And the only way you can do that basically is to not depend externally on everyone else to, to bring you the, the state you're looking for, but to learn to navigate that and find it within yourself. And I think if we can connect to the states we want to achieve internally and master that skill set, the skill that we gain is incredibly far reaching, but it means that we can be more influential and help other people in various situations to inspire them through our state, right? So state management, you know, we'll talk about another time, but yeah, um, much love all. I hope you're enjoying these podcasts. I hope they're making your life better. And I really do care about you, you know, and, and how you're doing. So do get in touch if you need any uh, further talks about various things. Uh, much love. Keep drumming. Um, if no one's told you recently, I'm proud of you for wanting to learn more, for growing and doing everything you can. Um, you're a legend just because you're here and you're trying to make the best of this life you have. So big up respect to you, fellow drummer, and I'll catch you in the next episode.